Hey y'all, welcome to Couture Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Steele. Hello, welcome to the first episode of the Couture Conversation Podcast. I was having wine with a girlfriend of mine, and she's such a boss. She actually owns her own fashion label, and we were belly laughing about our war stories of working in the fashion industry and what really goes into creating that unique and super defined experiences for our customers, but like the behind the scenes action and what it really took to get to that experience for the customer. And I left that conversation wanting to learn all about others' experiences in creating this. And of course, the hilarious stories and lessons they learned, because anytime I talk to a friend in the industry, even though we are laughing at our experience, because a lot of it's quite hilarious, there is always something that I'm learning from them, uh, and maybe vice versa as well. Because here's the thing, every brand does it differently and everyone, shoot, everyone does it a little differently and they have their own story. So I wanted to find a podcast that provided just that for me to laugh and to learn from and of course share with my friends and network. But Reese Witherspoon said in one of her award speeches, it was something that her mother told her um, growing up. She said, honey, if you want something done, do it yourself. So here we are, and I hope you enjoy this. It has been so much fun putting together this idea. Um, So let's jump right into it. So I originally went to college for fashion, and I was under the illusion, keyword illusion there, my career was going to be full of glamour, beauty, and tons of fun. Anyone who's been an intern in the fashion industry knows it is a hard smack down to reality of what working in fashion is truly like, and especially in the couture world. The only glamorous things about the industry really are the products that are designed, those beautiful fashion shoots, and of course, the shows, except for the people who are working on these things. And getting to these final stages before it even hits the stores is wild. And behind each item is a story of what it took to even get the customer to view it. And it's so crazy. The wild thing is, even though it's such a cutthroat industry, the Devil Wears Prada was not lying. There, It is actually true that there are over a hundred people or a million people who are behind you scratching and clawing to have your job pushing clothing racks around New York City in a hundred degree summer heat with a handful of hot coffees, searing hot coffees for the models at the fashion shoot. And here's the thing. I wouldn't change a thing. And I also will never forget my first day as an intern. Unpaid, of course. But before we get into that, it was actually a joke within my fashion school how when we searched for paid fashion internships, nothing came up in Google. Literally nothing found. Do you know how hard that is to search for something and nothing comes up? And the the wild thing, again, I feel like I'm going to say wild a million times in this. The competition is so steep and we are all begging 
to work for free. <laughs> so now let's get back into that first internship and that story. Now, I just want to preface that this was over a decade ago, and I'm only speaking to my experience and only speaking to those in my network, what experience they have had. Obviously, it may be different now. I don't know. Um, but just wanted to put that little caveat in there. I walked into the showroom and whoa, was I impressed. It was so beautiful. There was lighting and these gorgeous, gorgeous sheer curtains just kind of laying there on this gorgeous hardwood floor that looked like it was put there in the 20s. It was absolutely breathtaking. Little did I know, that was not where the employees worked. That's just where they interviewed me and asked me to work for them. (laughs) That area, that showroom, are is simply for clients and paying customers. Again, what an illusion. So I walked back to meet the woman who I would be reporting to, and her desk was this gray cubicle, and very common, right, with tons of fabric scraps and samples, and I will never forget what she said to me. She said, hey, I need you to go to West 38th and 8th and pick up fabric for me. This is what I need, and when you get back, check in with me, and please be back here in less than an hour. There was no, hey, how are you doing? How was your ride in? None of that. Right to the point, right to business. (laughs) And then she looks at my feet and gives me this smirk. And more to come on that in a second, but she handed me a list of items that I needed to pick up and the store name. And I was like, this is really reasonable. Okay. Now, I was not dressed to be carrying what felt like 30 or 20 pounds of fabric around New York City in the summertime. And for those of you that know New York, I was in Union Square area and I needed to get to to Midtown, the garment district. And I had only visited New York City on really short occasions prior to this, maybe to visit some family. And I did not, not know the subway well at all yet. So also one thing, I had a Blackberry, which there was no such thing as maps yet. So old school, printed off directions and got to it. Also, back to the shoe thing, I did not get the memo that heels were not a thing unless you had meetings. And schlepping all around New York City in heels, not ideal at all. So I got the fabric and took it back to my boss and I made it back in just over an hour. Shoot, I was really impressed with myself, but she was very less than impressed and continued to suggest that I only wear shoes that will allow me to walk at a pace of efficiency when doing my job. A phrase that I never have forgotten you know, this was well over a decade, I think like 12 years ago now. <laughs> Shoes that will allow me to walk at a pace of efficiency. <laughs> okay, anyways, so I, you know, again, I found that very reasonable and learned quickly that sneakers will always be in my backpack moving forward. Um, and that night we stayed in the office till like, geez, like 10 p.m. Uh, working to get a line of clothes ready for a potential buyer that was coming in the next day. And I recall saying to myself, this must be a one-off. These people don't stay into the office until 10 o'clock at night. But I quickly learned that it's true. Fashion never sleeps. And just like the new city I was now living in. And oh my gosh, this apartment. 
That night, I got home to my roommates in this adorable studio apartment we stayed in together, and we all had similar stories. My one roommate told me how she was shoved in a small room, also known as a closet, (laughs) because her boss didn't find her outfit to be you know, nice enough to be in the same room as the celebrity that was coming in to try on some things. The crazy thing is even knowing what I know now, and I'm pretty sure I speak for mostly everyone, I would still do it all over again because the grit and grind and the demand of innovation and creativity to stay on top is something that really gives you this spine of being able to take feedback and being able to pivot. And the fashion industry at least taught me that, girl, you got to do whatever it takes and make it work. And the conversation I remember having with my roommates about this couture world that we were now just newly experiencing that every, every story had one thing in common, is that we just had to make it work, whatever it took. So fast forwarding a little over 10 years, starting my own company, focused in the luxury retail market. Oh my gosh, I have this enormous respect for what it takes to produce these products. Um, and the image of my boss yelling at a fabric maker in Prado, Italy for sending the wrong fabric to having to go to that factory to, you know, really learn the process of making the fabric and what goes into that. Little side note there, y'all, if you haven't watched a YouTube video on how fabric is actually constructed from like start to finish, either synthetic or natural, I encourage you to watch it. It's very enlightening, and I think you would really appreciate the shirt you are purchasing at the store. And then, you know, back to the offices where the designers are working 24-7 and micromanaging their perfectly constructed design to be pieced together, whatever that thing may be. And then, you know, over to planning and logistics if they have more than one location. The thing is, is that... After all of this hard work behind the scenes, only then is it sent over to the stores where the store retail specialists are, okay, such warriors, but who now need to sell these items to the customer. And behind the curtain, this has been a two-year thing. And two years of trend market research gathered or making a good guess as to what people want or being those brands that you're actually setting the trends and telling the customers what they need to want, which is a whole other separate conversation. These brands are literally creating things that are creating a way that make you feel like you need it and need to want. So This process is full of obstacles and hardships. So when it finally makes it to the store, the conversation has to, it needs to match these couture products. And that's where my company comes in. I understand the competition in this industry and setting yourself apart is important. And regardless of how much work is put in behind the scenes, these products still need to sell. 
And that begins with the store sales specialists and how they communicate it to the customer. So this part truly relies on the shoulders of the sales specialists. I mean, talk about pressure. So learning new ways to sell items either in the store and what my company focuses on virtually is crucial to making everything that you did on the back end worthwhile to make sure that that item, whatever it may be, sells. And this podcast is going to be all about the couture conversations that go on within the luxury sector and what it really takes to create a luxury level experience for the customers. Because here's the deal. You only see as a consumer the end product and are met with sales specialists who hopefully will be educating you on them because they are learning what went into the entire process of what went on to create and make this item that you are going to be purchasing. It's an experience where you're educated, they listen, and there's so much that goes into it, but it's so imperative to know as a sales specialist what the process was in creating this to be able to communicate it to the customer. Anyways, more on that in the next podcast, but I am so excited to break down the curtain of what really goes on behind these scenes and the hilarious stories and lessons learned from these people who are at the top of their game. And they're just so impressive. So each weekly podcast is going to be linked to um, our newsletter. And, you know, if you don't have time to listen to the podcast, no worries. I get it. We're, we're busy people. Uh, I'll be highlighting what the couture conversation was all about. And it will be full of new advances in the virtual retail sales industry because that is my main focus and also what's becoming so innovative in this fashion world. And, of course, how to diversify yourself in this crazy, crazy, competitive billion dollar industry and learning from those, again, who are at the top of their game. So if you want to check out my company, I'll put it in the link in the little blurb about this podcast. Um, But I hope you guys come and listen. It'll be fun. Some conversations will just be me about, you know, the things that I'm working on um, with other clients And sometimes there will be a guest. So listen up. And if you want to participate, I would love to have you listen and hear your feedback, of course. I hope you enjoyed and I hope to see you next time.